Hello and welcome to another episode of the Meet the Translator podcast. My name is Dot and today I'm going to be chatting to Maria Scheibengraf, an English to Spanish translator specialising in SEO, marketing and IT and operations manager of Crystal. Maria is going to share what it's like being part of a team of translators, how it benefits her and her clients and how Crystal works. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for um, joining me on my podcast today. It's really great to have you here. How are you doing today? Hi, Doc. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Everything's good. Uh, I'm in Argentina at the moment, so lovely weather outside, though I am secluded in the office with the air conditioning on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you've got the air conditioning then. Um, Because it's, what is it, midday for you or afternoon? Yes, it's 2.30 p.m now and it's really sunny and it's really hot around like 29 degrees oh wow I thought it was I thought it was hot here and we've had 15 degrees today and I thought oh it's so hot (laughs) Uh, so can you share um a bit about yourself like who you are what you do and your path to becoming a translator of course. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a translator, like you said. Um, I work from English into Spanish. I got my degree about six years ago, but I've been translating longer than that. Mm-hmm. And I am the operations manager of a small team of translators uh, called Crisol Translation Services. Um, we're very active on social media, so it's possible that some people who might be listening to this um, possibly knows us. And yeah, my colleagues are all over the world. Up until recently, I was living in, in England. Um, I've got one of my colleagues in Barcelona, in Spain, and the other two are in Argentina. And I've just moved to Argentina myself, so it's a bit unbalanced now. It's three of us on this side of the ocean, and the other one is Spain. Um, and we work with software companies mainly. We handle the marketing collateral and everything that's got to do with um, web content, in-app content, um, SEO, all sorts of things, mainly into Spanish, but we also help out with French, Italian, German here and there. Mm-hmm. And we've got a little company which is like like a baby for us. We've been growing it since um, since 2016, so we, we turned five years at the end of last year. And that's what we do, we translate away. <laughs> I love it I love that I love that you've got like your nice team and that like you're spread around the world well a bit more together now but (laughs) still like around the world and everything so can you tell me a bit more about Crystal like what exactly is it I know it's sort of like a team of translators can you explain that a bit more and like how did it actually come about yeah, so um, we the first thing that we say when they ask us what we are is, first thing we say is what we are not, <laughs> and we are not a translation agency. And we were kind of born from that contrast. So we wanted to create something that was not a translation agency. And we came up with this idea of a hybrid between one freelancer and a translation agency that integrates the best of both worlds. Because we could see the companies out there 
sometimes find that one freelancer isn't enough to help them with their language needs and also that translation agencies are too much or that they they involve certain practices that they don't like we certainly don't like lots of practices uh, that we see in the translation industry from translation agencies so bringing all of that together we created this sort of hybrid and the way we work is we let our clients um, choose if they would like to work with just one of us on a freelance basis or maybe two or mm -hmm. the whole team or um, have the, the subject matter expert in the team head the project and the rest contribute to it in, in some other capacity. So we treat clients as a football coach of sorts and they put the team together because uh, we have different specializations as well within the team. Um, Antonella specializes in, in gastronomy and tourism and, and, and Paula specializes in healthcare and Julieta does everything that's created in social science and lately um, astrology as well but we all, we all coincide in um, our software specialization so some, sometimes we've got a healthcare software brand and then Bauli is the one who heads those projects because she's the subject matter expert pattern. That's how mm -hmm. we rotate who does what. And um, yeah, we, we started together, all four of us, for a lot of years. The, the, the translation course in Argentina, it's where I studied, is five years long in Cordoba. And you spend a lot of your life in there <laughs> during mm -hmm. those years, uh, six, seven hours a day, five days a week for years. So we, we became families of each other we saw each other all the time and we realized that um, we, our dynamics were great we accomplished um, so much working together and we were so good it flowed so naturally that when we got our degree we said right we need to we need to carry on doing stuff together in, in the professional world and we, we were also very much aligned and we still are very much aligned in terms of our principles and our values and the things that enrages um, and we were motivated to change the translation industry as we know it from the inside out and, and create something that would expose the ill practices that are already there we wanted to show and lead by example we wanted to show that things can be done differently and that translation agencies should stop exploitative practices which is uh, the, the norm in, in Argentina, where you get a translation agency uh, working for a foreign translation agency, keeping the margin of paid freelancers one or two cents of the word, uh, one or two cents of dollar per word. Um, we said that's not right. Everyone's normalized it. Why is everyone normalized this? This can't be right. There has to be another way of doing business. So that's how we how we started. Well, when we began, we were very small. We had no budget, nothing to invest in the business. We didn't even have a good Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> as, as time progressed and, and we got better, we were doing and we started figuring it out by trial and error. We started to grow and we've come to the point now where we're so happy with our little baby. <laughs> Uh, I love seeing it thriving on, especially on Instagram and like seeing all your posts and stories and learning more about everything that you're doing. And like, I think it's great as well that you're not only doing the work and working with clients, but you're also not only setting a great example for other translators, showing us like what, what we can be and that we're not, we're not worth being paid 
one pence per word or whatever by these like agencies but you're also teaching us a lot like (laughs) you're sharing all your SEO knowledge and like everything on Instagram so it's really like um it's really amazing I love I love seeing it so I guess it kind of helped having studied at uni together and like knowing how you all worked it probably it made sense to be like the next step was to work together professionally and I guess you didn't have the worries of like oh we're going to work together well as a team whereas I guess like other translators like I thought myself like oh maybe it would be really cool to like do something like that and like work together with other translators as an actual like proper team but then I'm like where (laughs) how do you how do you know if it works like do you have any sort of like any like key things that you would say to look out for for like who's good to work with how would you know yeah like what are the (laughs) what are the main uh, most important things about choosing like who to work with in a team um well first of all I'd say that you should try on a project where project basis first with someone before committing committing fully that's that's one practical advice now the theoretical advice would be find someone that's really really aligned with you in terms of ethics and values and principles because what what happens with us is we've been working together five years like I said even more than that if you count uni days we've never had a disagreement and I, I tell that to people and no one can believe it and and they're like that's that's just not realistic how, how can you never be disagreement and what we tell them is when something comes up that we might have different views on or without we don't really know it's not that we have different views we don't really know how to proceed we're stuck at something because it's a dilemma or we fall back on our principles and our ethics and what's the right thing to do what's the fair thing to do and what would we want to see if we were on the other side of that so the moment that we we call on that to guide us, then there's no more discussion. We all know what to do and how to move forward, and that's amazing because it's it's, it's 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 like we can read each other's minds. And mm-hmm. the moment that sometimes one of us has to make a call for the rest of the team or in the name of the rest of the team, it's really easy to know that the other three are going to agree with you if you are coming from that place of the right thing to do and the ethical thing to do. So that's why what I advise: find someone that's really aligned with you um, in ethics and also in in what motivates you in what moves you forward because we were really motivated to change the, the status uh, quo in the industry um, mm-hmm. and sometimes it, it's not a matter of what the right thing to do is is that the matter the, the, it's a matter of what can we do about this that's going to bring about change and that's going to bring about the type of change that we have like to experience when we first started as translators so that's how we keep going really mm-hmm. and do you find that being part of the team kind of do you all hold each other accountable for things so like do you think like oh I need to make the right decision because it's not only this isn't just about me like I have to do the right thing for the rest of my team like do you, does that make it easier to make decisions because I know like definitely for me as a freelancer I've done things I've accepted rates that I'm like that's actually probably a bit too low but it's because I'm just like oh it only affects me do you find that because you're part of the team you're holding each other accountable yeah totally as a matter of fact Julieta and I uh, until March when I lived in Europe had a much more expensive 
life than the two in Argentina. It's just how things work. You know, the economy in the UK, the economy in Spain is different to the economy in Argentina. So we had to find something that worked for the four of us. And sometimes that meant turning down projects that would have worked for the two in Argentina, but not for the other two. Um, the good thing about the way we work, though, is that because of how our, our, our business works, because of our business model, the two in Argentina, we're able to take those lower-paying projects that, would have, that they were happy with, to like, just take them on themselves and uh, individually or in a team of two, rather than the whole. In but we would have to clarify that to the client. We'd say, look, we can. Uh, we can accept a, a lower rate. Obviously, nothing that harms the, the profession, right? Maybe instead of uh, 110 euro, accept 95, something like that. But, um, <laughs> so it's still a high rate, but not maybe not as high as we would normally charge. And we would say to the client, look, we can do it, but only if Paula and Antonella work on this. because, And then it could be their client and it would make sense for them. And Julieta and I will be um, looking for some other clients for ourselves individually or for something that works with the whole team. So that is really good as well. And we're also, all four of us believe or are very much spiritually um, motivated. So we know or we believe in the power of of energy and of making space for better things to come. So we, we never get too worked up about something not, not really working out. We're like, right, this wasn't this wasn't meant to be. Let's move on. Something else is coming. It's gonna be a lot better. Um, so that's how we handle it. <laughs> I love that. I was I was thinking that recently, um, using a similar sort of thing when I didn't get big projects and I was like, it's fine. This is just the universe telling me that something better is coming <laughs> it's, it's keeping my, yeah. my schedule free and it would have been a stressful project anyway so um exactly. and we try to, to look at the glass half full uh, you know like right maybe it's even better this way because now we'll have more time to spend with our children or something like that yeah just trying to see the positives behind everything yeah it's not like you're going to be sitting there twiddling your thumbs like oh no what do we do there is yeah so you've talked a bit about um wanting to go against the agencies that are that a lot of them are exploitative and that kind of thing what what would you say are the core values of crystal um something that we we thought was i'm trying not to use a swear word here <laughs> something that we thought was really wrong is that um agencies first quote to their client and then try and work it backwards from there how much margin they'd like to keep and what the budget is to pay their translators we we said the moment we start outsourcing work which only started recently and up until couple of years ago we did all of the work into Spanish but we started working with French and German and other languages now and um, the way we do it is first we get a quotation from our freelancers and we want to work with the best so first we, we, we get a quotation then we work out how to mark it up and then we quote to the client obviously going forward if new team members are added or if the team needs some restructuring new people 
need to jump in. And then we do have already like a set budget of what we can and cannot afford. But we work it out initially based on uh, the quotes that we get. Then that way, everyone receives a fair pay. The client could very easily say, look, that's too expensive. We'd rather work with freelancers um, individually. And we would be like, that's absolutely fine, be my guest. But we bring to the table things that freelancers can't bring to the table. And similarly, we bring to the table things that traditional LSPs can't. So that's the way it becomes a matter of value. And we let the client choose if they are willing to invest a bit more in order to get the value that we bring to them, or if they'd rather just keep costs down and go for the cheaper option, even if it involves more work on their part of um, uh, more quality issues. Um, we're very clear what we're very clear on what we have to offer and how to price it accordingly in a way that works for everyone. The client gets the return on investment, the freelancers get paid fair rates, which means that we can attract the best talent, which lets us deliver the highest quality work, and we keep our margin and everyone's happy. I, I love that. <laughs> um, so I know that you said that you also work with some freelancers as well, which I was going to ask you before. But like, how do how do you actually like work as a team? Like, who does what? How is Crystal actually run? I know you have your different areas of expertise with the actual translation, but like, how is the whole of Crystal run? Like, I know you. I know you're still do trying this. to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's hard. Um, because we are in this conundrum now where we, we want to grow but not too much. We don't want to, to scale our business. We don't want to become huge. We, um, like I think I mentioned to you before, we're a lifestyle business. We know uh, up to where we want to grow. But figuring out where to draw the line is hard. So what we've done at the moment is we've onboarded uh, two project managers, Jimena and Brenda, and um, a content manager, uh, Anna Laura, and that frees up space for us to work on the logistics and operations and client acquisition and business development side of things. So uh, between our two project managers, and Anna Laura also does some project management on the side. So between the three of them, we divide our most or our biggest accounts, our biggest clients, and they are then in charge of uh, liaising with freelancers on, on Slack or via email, um, creating the purchase orders and the invoices and all that. But you will also see uh, the four of us co-founders jumping in to the conversations and stepping in when needed and a lot of the time just making it more difficult for our Europeans. <laughs> But interfering, um, which we're still trying to, to figure it out and um, to align ourselves internally as well in terms of communication. Because I I am very hard to get hold of daily because a lot of time I'm either driving um, around or running after my toddler. Or, so I might get a message of eight and be replied to it at 11.30. And a lot of the time I go and action thing first before I even see the message and I do something completely different to what was agreed so um i'm trying to get to get better about myself but we, we, we're getting there slowly our, our own freelancers our team tell us off and teach us how to do 
so what you mentioned that you're a lifestyle business and I've seen that you've talked about that a bit on Instagram before as well but can you explain like what exactly is a lifestyle business yeah so I I am first came across this concept in a book um that I read some time ago by John Lamerton I think is the author and the book's called um big ideas for small businesses and we we had already uh discussed the concept with my friends with just with, my, with the Chris girls we just didn't have uh, a name for it and then I, I read the book like this this is the name of what we are actually doing so a lifestyle business and I've got my notes here to be able to to describe it I've got a quote from from the book and it's a lifestyle business is where the business owner's needs come first with the needs of the business playing second fiddle you work to live instead of living to work because a lot of pe- a lot of people think that in order to have a, a successful business you need to put in long hours and sacrifice the time with your family and friends and basically do whatever it takes to make your, your business grow and, and blossom but we think that there's another way to do things we think that it's possible to work four or five six hours um, Monday to Friday and in the times that make the most sense to you in order to support the lifestyle that you want which might vary between might vary between um, you and me you know I may have mm-hmm. an idea of, of what the lifestyle is that I want that's different to yours um, because with the Crisol girls we are very much aligned on the lifestyle that we want and the importance of our children and our family and our t- free time it's really easy for us to 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 keep within those those limits of um, like I say however we're still trying to see where exactly to draw the line but we know that we don't want to scale the business we just want to we just want it to work for us if mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. so how do you sort of put that into practice do you have like set times each day that you each work or do you sort of go day by day and say oh actually so today I want to one, one way that we do it is we don't translate into every language there mm-hmm. is yeah, which is focused on, on, on a handful with Spanish being the, the main one um, the other way that we implement it is we set deadlines that tend to be a bit longer than what probably an LSP would, a language service provider or translation agency would would say. For example, if we get a thousand word article from a freelancer or an agency, you could typically typically get that back in a couple of days. And we will normally say it's going to be back with you in a week or 10 days to our clients because that allows us the, the, the time to do a little bit every day rather than crazy hours. We also, if, if, we, if they do need it back early, because sometimes things are time sensitive, then we apply a rush fee. That allows us to feel good about having to spend some longer hours that day, you know, and then we make up for it by taking Friday off or something like that. So uh, we try and, and, and set the workflow and the workload in a way that's not crazy, that's not like a full-time job. Um, and also having to account for all the on-the-business work that we, yeah. we do, you know, the admin and, and uh, content on social media and email marketing and all that. Even this that I'm doing now, which is a professional activity that's 
it takes time. So we we account for all of that and we say like we've got about maybe three, four hours every day for actual build work. How do we distribute that um, uh, from for our clients? Mm-hmm. It's interesting to hear. So what what would you say are the benefits for you working as part of this team of translators compared to working as a freelancer? I know you said that you went straight from uni into this and so I don't know if you've actually if you've worked as a freelance I mean I know you're sort of a freelancer in under Crystal kind of but what would you say are the benefits of being part of this team as opposed to just being completely on your own doing it? Well I wasn't changed this for the world if I'm honest. Um, I did I did have my my time as a freelancer before Crystal because I started translating oh, okay. a lot in 2011 or so mostly mm-hmm. on the side not as my main source of income and I did keep freelancing for a few uh, individual clients while Grizzle was already up and running. Mm-hmm. The main thing is the emotional support, <laughs> knowing that you don't have to cover all fronts at the same time, someone's put you back, knowing that you don't have to know it all, that someone mm-hmm. in your team has different strengths than, than you do. And that happens with us. We are really good at lots of things, but different from one another. For example, Paula is the, the, the embodiment of organization. Like, I've never met someone else with that level of skill for turning a huge chaos into a very neat and orderly uh, set of activities and tasks and everything is color-coded as well, just in case. And it's just brilliant at that. I and mean, if you let me... To, to do all that on my own, I would have missed a thousand deadlines, I would have missed video calls. As, as, as the most recent example, I am still having trouble converting Argentinian time to British time to European time. And I'm about, always about to miss a video call with a client. And, and I get a message from Paula and Maria, <laughs> you've got a video call in 15 minutes. Oh, bloody hell, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, it's that kind of thing, you know, the, the, the little, the day to day and the drawing from each other's strengths. Mm-hmm. How would you say that it benefits clients working with you as a team compared to working with freelancers or working with LSPs or agencies? Well, uh, the productivity is higher. Obviously, I just said that we set long deadlines, but that's whenever the client is happy with it. Because if the client actually needs a huge volume of, of, of words translated in a short period of time, we are able to accommodate. We have the capacity. So we have a greater capacity than one freelancer. We've got subject matter expertise in four different fields. When you have a when you have a, a language service provider like a like a because we are we are a sort of language service provider as well, but I mean a translation agency, they are rarely specialised in just one field. Um, they tend to cover most fields and work with experts in those fields. But it's really hard to know the face and the name behind the translation when you work with a translation agency. You basically have to trust the recruitment process and the vetting process. With us, you have the name and the face for each subject matter, a lot of transparency. And then we've got all the tools and the, 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 the technology stack that an agency normally would have and access to other experts in our network who might be able to provide DTP upon request or to jump in to, to do some digital marketing analytics on the side. You know? So we are the, the sweet spot between the two. That's what we 
what we like to, to believe. <laughs> At least I think our clients, <laughs> I think our clients would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I've heard, I, I know that some people say that you shouldn't go into business with your friends. And I know you've said that you don't have disagreements or anything, but has has working with your friends affected your relationship or any in any way in a negative way or has it just been 100% positive no if anything it's it's, it's made it stronger because we've gone through very difficult personal stuff together that's affected business two of us are mothers I gave birth two years ago and Vanilla has a, um, a seven-year-old and a one-year-old so we had to go through through everything that uh, becoming a mother means uh, around uh, work and, and business and I had to overcome postpartum depression on top of that and they always had my back I was never scared of, of losing my my source of income or of disappointing a client I know I can trust them blindly and they can trust me and I don't, I'm not sure to what extent that would have been possible if we were not so close friends as we are. So I'd say that, and that in turn, that made our friendship a lot stronger. So I can only, I can only speak, speak highly about that. But I also, I'd like to mention that I've got other friends that I don't fully align with in terms of values and principles or our priorities aren't the same or we're not motivated by the same things and I don't know if I would be able to go into business with them so that's where I come back to you know having values and ethics be your your your, your compass your north that makes working with friends a whole of a lot easier Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something I was gonna I was gonna ask you about next because I'm sure there are a lot of other people as aside from me that have also thought, oh, what would it be like to work like this with like as, be as part of a team of translators? What advice do you have for anyone who's thinking they might like to team up with others and create something similar to Crystal? Well, I'd say first of all, um, try it out and maybe outside work environment so engage in some other sort of project even if it's like a hobby or I don't know some other sort of project that's that's not a work project and see how you get along and sit down and have conversations about hypothetical scenarios how would you deal with this how would you deal with that sit down and have serious conversations about ethical problems that you see in the world and what motivates you what sort of change you'd like to see in the world you know the amount of times all four of us were told individually we were uh, utopian and um, you know unrealistic and what you have in mind is completely bollocks. This is never going to happen. And we kept going and trying to, to prove everyone wrong. Um, you know, if we had talked about that countless times before this all started. So I, I, I advise that, you know, sit down with people that you really trust, that you know things like you and Try and find out what what moves them and what um, what they want to 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 do um, ethically speaking. Uh, and you know, up until today, we we are not sure what to charge a client. And the first thing that we say is, what would we like to be paid for a project like this as a freelancer, even if we don't have a hold yet? What would be fair? Well, this okay. Then this is the minimum that we can charge them. That sort of thing. It will look different to everyone and I cannot guarantee that every 
friendship turned business partnership will work out. But I think those foundations need to be in place for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Would you say that it's important? Because I know with with your team, you've all got the same target language. Would you say that it's important to have something like that, to have similar language combinations or to have similar specialisms? Or do you think it could work with a team of people that have a variety of language combinations and different specialisms? I would say that there has to be some sort of complementation. So if your skills complement mine, then together we can offer a stronger service to the end client. So either if that is, it's two of us and we can edit each other's work in the same language pair, or um, it's two of us in the same micro niche, but two different languages, so you get two markets for one, and then the client's um, internal editors can, can edit your work. Whatever, whatever means uh, adding up to, to a final product rather than being two separate, disarticulated products. Mm-hmm. And how do you... Because I know a lot of freelancers, we sort of build up our online presence. We create our own kind of personal brand on LinkedIn and Instagram and elsewhere. How do you, is it easy to keep the personal side of things when you're part of a team? Like when you, when you all come under Crystal, how do you sort of keep each of your individual personalities when you put yourself out there online, etc.? Um, it's a tricky one and we don't really have like a formula or have never discussed it properly we sort of just we, we do it we play by ear um, but that's because we're or we try to be always very transparent and very uh, authentic and when you're authentic and transparent you don't have to think much about it it just comes out um, and we just try to uh, to to share when, when it comes to Grizzle's Instagram or Grizzle's LinkedIn we try to share things that things in, in which we've all participated or things that affect us, affect the, the four of us. Um, and then to our personal LinkedIn accounts, we share things that are, that are still professional, but just related to one of us and not the rest sort of things. So I will tend to share lots of things about content writing, for example. So I'm the only one of the of the four of us that, uh, that does content writing. So I'll talk about content writing a lot, or SEO a lot, because that's my niche. And, and then the other three will talk about their subject areas. And I don't know, that, and Antonella talks a lot about um, gastronomy, for example. I cannot cook for my life. <laughs> and I can barely uh, operate the microwave. So... <laughs> I think it just comes to being authentic, talking about what you know, talking about what you like on your personal profiles and then on the, on the company's profiles. Just all of that that affects everyone equally in your team. Mm-hmm. And things like your kind of brand colours, like how did you how did you come up, come up with that? How did you all agree on the colours that you wanted and like you know other kind of areas of the branding? Um, we started with the name, actually. We sat down and we said we wanted to, to start a business. Uh, right, so what are we going to be called? And we wanted a word that reflected this concept of cultures uh, merging and cultures becoming together, becoming in contact. And, and the word grizzle in Spanish means melting pot. So it's a, a melting pot of cultures and languages and lifestyles and 
and then all the colors in the logo try and reflect that they're very different to each other you've got you've got orange and you've got blue and you've got green and we are we are very colorful and bubbly ourselves <laughs> so that that, that, that suits us but yeah we wanted to show that that differences can come together under one one sort of wholeness and, and uh, unity which is humanity and then the 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 sea around all those colors is a sea for resolve so that's sort of the the the, the, the rationale behind the the branding and the design uh, we just we had a meeting with the designer and we said right we've got this in mind you know melting pot culture blah blah blah. you do what you think <laughs> is, is gonna work and she came back uh, to us with that and we we're like oh we love it we absolutely love it and also there's there's four colors in there as well and it's four of us so mm -hmm. yeah well this black if you don't count black and white <laughs> there's four <Yeah. laughs> so is does each color represent each one of you that's the idea but we haven't yet picked which one would be probably. which one each of you are <laughs> yeah I love it so much. So what would you say is the most important lesson you've learned since being part of Crystal? That you shouldn't be afraid to speak up and to be vocal. And that's a, that's a personal lesson. I'm really vocal. I like to, 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 to you know, call out people and, and, and companies by name when I know that they are doing something dodgy. Um, sometimes I don't fully dare, full disclosure. I recently shared an, an update on LinkedIn about uh, the director of a massive non-profit organisation exploiting their freelancers, and I didn't dare mention her. But I did privately to a few people, but it was too... I, I just felt I didn't have the emotional health <laughs> to deal with the consequences of that. I wasn't in the right place emotionally and personally myself to be... You know, dealing with that, but I did still make a, a post about it and contacted the relevant organisations that are doing business with this person, and I tried to 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 affect a bit of change from, from my point. Um, and you just feel better about yourself when you're authentic and true to what you believe in, and, and even if you you know a lot a lot of people have told me you're going to harm your own brand by getting so uh, political about things or being so vocal, speaking up so much, you should try and, and keep the personal and the professional aside, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, but work is part of my life. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in a work-life separation, you know. Um, I believe in work as yet another activity within my life, uh, which is affected by and influences the rest of my life. So I, I talk about the things that matter to me. I call out what I don't like. And I think good things have come up of that. Even clients, like recently a client messaged me asking, well, a potential client back then, an actual client now, saying, um, I love your post because of how vocal you are. And I'm saying, and I, I want someone like you and your team working with us. So that's the main lesson for me, just letting ethics and values drive you and not being afraid of the consequences of that only good things can come out of it mm -hmm. I think that's a really useful piece of advice there as well because like people that are starting out as as freelancers or as new translators you often kind of look and see what everyone else is doing and then you think oh I should be doing 
what everyone else is doing, I should be posting these kind of things or doing this, but actually being authentic is the is the way to go. And one thing that um, Kelsey has said to me before, I'm not sure whether it was in the podcast episode I recorded with her or separately from that, but one thing she said was that like being yourself and being authentic and posting the thing, not being afraid to post what you want to post or share what you want to share it also kind of self like it self selects your clients for you kind of in a way like any clients that don't like what you're posting won't work with you and you probably wouldn't want to work with them anyway so it like totally totally. it's (laughs) just as much about attracting the right clients repelling the wrong ones and the other lesson is two or more lessons but they're interconnected for me is you are your brand it's as simple as that you even if even if you're just a freelancer, your name is your brand and you are a one-person company. I know not everyone agrees with me on this concept, but I think that you are a one-person company. You've got clients, not employers. You you set your own hours. You set your own rates. And everything that you do reflects back onto you. So your, your name is your brand. And because of that, no one else is you, which means the old-fashioned concept of everyone else in my language pair is not a competition, it's a myth because no one is you. There's always something that you can bring to the table that others can't, even if even if you're not specialised, because I am a big advocate of specialisation, but even if you're a generalist, there's something that you can bring to every work relationship that no one else can. So stop looking at others uh, from a lens of uh, their competition. Look at others from the, from a lens of they are my allies. How can I uh, rely on them and lean on them? How can how can I support them if they need me as well? Yeah, and you never know; they might end up being part of your team. <laughs> totally, totally. There are so many people I met met on LinkedIn and Instagram that are now working with us regularly, and we love them. Mm-hmm. You know, this this connection and this it's 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 genuine. It's human to humans. It's beyond business. Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Same. I've I've like LinkedIn has been amazing now that things are happening in person again as well it's really great to finally like meet the people I know from LinkedIn in person but also meet all the new people that haven't been that aren't on LinkedIn and like it's um yeah yeah, I really love I really love the whole community of translators and I definitely agree with you on that like it is a community we are all supportive we're not competition (laughs) yeah you know always question everything like question who would benefit from us seeing each other's competition it's not literally (laughs) nobody (laughs) yeah so um yeah I mean is there is there anything else you want to share about I don't know being part of a team of translators any last bits of advice or anything um, no, but I did find a. I was reading uh, earlier about utopianism because I was thinking about this notion of a utopian business, and, mm-hmm. and I came across an article which is lovely, and I would like to read a quote um, from it to, to close the, the episode. If you allow me, mm-hmm. um, it's a little, little fragment, and it says, "Utopia, an imagined place where everything is perfect, inspires people to change the world." It's all about imagining a better society through ideals developed in response to the problems of the present. Because utopia is fantasy, it can free us from the constraints of taken for granted norms and give us insights into other ways of being and doing. If we translate our utopian imaginings into principles to live by, it also helps us set goals. If we don't imagine the future we want, we're never going to get there. 
Instead, the future will be influenced by people who did imagine it, but whose values may be different from our own. <laughs> I thought that was amazing because I literally just be yeah. utopian, imagine the future that you want for your profession, for your community, for the translation industry as a well. whole. I love it. Before we go, just in case anyone has any more questions they want to ask you or they want to get in touch, they want to follow you on Instagram or anything, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? Well, it'd be lovely if they if they found us on, on Instagram. We're trying to build that community there. And um, that's Crisol Translations. Um, <laughs> and I'm also on LinkedIn as Maria Scheidenlove. Um, my colleagues are not so active on LinkedIn. That's something <laughs> that I may have told them off about. <laughs> I'm the I'm the, the social media addict. So you will mostly find me um, behind Crisol's uh, Instagram on LinkedIn. And, and that's mainly what we are because we don't have a Facebook that and then we use yeah no <laughs> not really on Facebook much either I'll put um I'll put links in the in the show notes as well so it's really easy for anyone to just click on and I'll put your website in there as well because that's a really great I was having a look at your website earlier and it's really interesting to Thank learn you. more and see see all of your faces and um everything so yeah thank you so much for your time today and everything you've shared it's been amazing (laughs) likewise thanks for having me this was really fun thank you thanks for listening to this episode of the meet the translator podcast i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did and thank you to maria for joining me today make sure to check out the show notes for relevant links and if you have any comments or questions about the podcast send an email to meetthetranslator at gmail.com